Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Hey, everybody. This is Sober Sisters Talk and I am Elizabeth Pudwell here with CJ. And we're going to talk today about, I'm so excited about this topic, slot out movies. <laughs> so um, some people, do you know that in California they call it slaw slay? Yes, yes. And it's S-L-A-A. There are periods between every letter. <laughs> there are. So anyway, um, but by slot out movies. Um, so I'd like to start with this spreadsheet that you showed me. Would you oh. describe what it is and why you did it? Yes. So welcome listeners. If I would have started this podcast, I would have said it's October and we're going to talk about scary movies or it's, you know, SLA. We're going to talk about scary stuff. Really scary stuff, right? Or SLAA, mm-hmm. Night at the Movies. Um, yeah. I love this topic. And what I was showing Elizabeth just before we started recording is this database that I created that has helped me reconnect with my childhood because I had a lot of memories floating around in my head, but it was hard for me to sequence them or really to figure out how old I was when I remembered watching various movies or listening to music or things that happened. And so with the invention of the internet, the accessibility and the Excel spreadsheet and the spreadsheet. <laughs> Right. To catalog all this. But what I can do now is go online and say, hey, when was this movie popular? For instance, I loved Star Wars. Absolutely loved it. I had figures that I collected and I would have thought I did that in kindergarten. But actually it um, came out in the United States when I was three. So is does it matter, you know, whether I'm three or five? Maybe and maybe not. Right. So people or children are developing at different ages and when it comes to things that children consume in terms of media there are times when it's just not appropriate and what I learned about my childhood from doing this is that I consumed a lot of media and movies that I absolutely adored and I loved them and they're happy memories but the adult messages and themes in them were really not appropriate for a little girl. So I was just showing Elizabeth how um, how I did that. All the so the and the thing is is though is the impact that it has because so a couple of weeks ago we were talking about different topics and I um, this was 
early on in my withdrawal. And I remember I had um, the movie Something's Gotta Give with Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton and Keanu Reeves on CD. So this was back a long time ago. And um, one day I watched it six or seven times in a row. Yes, I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it. Now, the reason that I did it is because it made me feel good. And there's a lot of things about these. We're going to bring up a few movies and, and just talk about the slaw aspects of them, the recovery aspect. And we might, you know, we might point out a few bottom line behaviors of people in a judgmental way here and there. It's quite <laughs> But possible. this is all in fun. I mean, this is, you know, they, these are all rom-coms. Um, and that is my favorite genre of movie. You know, I have been alone. <laughs> I wish you could see her face, you guys. She's like uh, like rolling her eyes and like in disgust. I am totally cringing. <laughs> totally cringing. Elizabeth gave me a list of movies that these are her favorites and said, go watch the trailers in preparation for the episode today. And I did that. I could only take so much. I thought, this is awful. Um, <laughs> no offense, because I just but, heard you say these are your favorite but movies. There's, but there is, there is, there's some comfort in it for me. It's much like your, your, you know, being able to look at this and knowing like I was this age when it came up for me, and I like to watch the same movies over and over again when they, when, when I like them because I know what's going to happen and I know it's going to end okay. And that is the comfort that I got in the middle of withdrawal, feeling abandoned, feeling rejected, watching this movie over and over again. And she goes through, the, the, the lead character in Something's Gotta Give goes through this you know she goes through this whole thing in a matter of like i don't know what 90 minutes maybe um an hour and 40 minutes whatever long it is and it's like at, i know how it's going to end and at the end of it it feels good and it gives me hope and it makes me feel like okay i know that there's there's a better day coming and so rom-coms were my thing and they took me through all of my you know all of my recovery and these are all all the ones that I've listed and that I sent to um, CJ, they're all in my adulthood. They're not, um, these aren't like, you know, old, you know, from when I was a teenager. And so I'm going to just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to read the list that I sent her really quick. And then I will go back and I'll start with some, the ones that I think are the most appropriate for this podcast. So I sent her, um, as good as it gets, which is the first one I said. Something's got to give. Um, Sweet Home Alabama. That's Reese Witherspoon, and um, what is his name? He's McDreamy on Patrick Dempsey. Um, Hope Float, Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr. Notting Hill, which is Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Thirteen Going on Thirty with Jennifer Garden. Garner and Mark Ruffalo. Bridget Jones Diary, which is Hugh Grant, Colin Firth. And um, what is her name? She lived in, she grew up in Katy. Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. The Wedding Date, which is, what is that girl's name? She's got red hair. And and Dermot Mulroney is in it. I can't remember her name right now. Must Love Dogs. I love that movie. That is such a cute movie. 
um, the truth about cats and dogs, which is another one that I love. Love actually, love actually is a holiday movie, and it will come out in um, December. And <laughs> she's smirking at that one. When Harry two weeks notice, when Harry met Sally, the proposal, Runaway Bride, Pretty Woman, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, Never Been Kissed, The Holiday, Crazy Stupid Love. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Raising Helen, and Serendipity. Now, the one that I did not name was Rumor Has It. And Rumor Has It is, I think, belongs at the top of the list in this in this one. A lot, right along there with Pretty Woman. Because we all know Pretty Woman, you know, she's a prostitute, goes and lives with him and wants to marry him. So, and it ends up that way. But um, have you seen Rumor Has It? All right, so take a breath, sister. I <laughs> went, here's my notes, so you all would see I have a notebook, and I've made comments on all these movies. <laughs> <laughs> the year that they came out, some of the- Wait, This is the part, we are the perfect people to do this because we're such opposites. We like, are. So you are like, what, What you are like sci-fi, um, Well, I'm know, getting and, more, and actually, like, I'm more like Sopranos. For stuff that was going on this time, see, I, I got married in 2003, and my husband won't watch this stuff, right? So, we didn't watch this stuff. And um, we watched, I don't know, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, you're dark stuff. Okay, We're more dark. And then a lot of these murders. were... Murder. I, <laughs> yes. So, now this is before recovery. Because I, I do want to point out that um, most of these movies are middle circle for me. And when I was getting really... Well, explain what that means. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, so, in SAA, there are circles of sobriety. So, the inner circle are the behaviors that you do not do. That's your abstinence. They're, they're like your bottom line behaviors. Right. So, in SLAA, the equivalent would be bottom lines. And then, the middle circle are... In SLAA, we call them... Uh, middle lines or accessory behaviors. So what that means is if I hang out in my middle circle, let's say I, I binge watch a bunch of rom-coms, it's probably going to, even though I realize, and maybe not now because I've been in recovery like seriously for five years consistently and have about three years of sobriety. But if I take all this in, like my brain might start believing that some of this stuff could be true. That this is the way relationships are. It can kick off fantasy. Um, even watching some of the trailers, what I remembered, especially about this movie, Serendipity. So I remember several qualifiers, not just one, but several. I'd say, you know, more than two, less than five, would say, oh, my favorite movie is Serendipity. Have you ever seen it? And now that I've watched the trailer, I'm like, oh, please, like... <laughs> I see what they were trying to do, right? They were trying to hook me with this fantasy, magical fantasy. notion. It is all fantasy. And yeah, so fantasy for me is the bottom line. And um, some of the darker ones, like we'll talk about those after we talk about the funnier ones, um, really like put stuff in my head that I was more attracted to. Um, so yeah. That's why I can't, but I can't I do these. Wanna, I also want to point out, because I use these as tools for good as well. 
because I do think that it is um, important for you to find aspects of, especially for women that are single, um, of relationships that I want to be treated like this. Now, I'm not, I, I, when I use these for tools, I'm really clear and go, this is a movie. It's not real. But I do want you to, so one of the things in Something's Gotta Give that I love is that Keanu Reeves' character, he's a doctor, and they go on a date, and the next day he calls her, and he says, I know um, it's really early, blah, 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 but I wanted to get you on the books before it got too late, and you said no, do you, and I wanted you to know that I've been thinking about you since I woke up this morning. And all of those things that he said are like, it, it's, that is exactly how I want to be treated. I want, I want to, um, I want a guy to wake up and be curious about me because sometimes we do like we wake up in the morning and we go, um, that's the first thing we think about. And he was like curious about what, what she was doing. And, you know, there's a lot of things in there that for me model the way that I want to be treated and the way that then the way that I want a relationship to start. Now I am not saying I want Keanu Reeves and I want, you know, that is not it at all. And I want a doctor and I want that whole scenario. No, it's finding those little, because a lot of times we don't know people who do have what we want in a relationship. But I think it is really important for us as single women and even maybe even married people to find relationships that we can, I want to model that. I want that. So I say that that kind of language would be appropriate maybe after you've had several dates. And again, listeners, y'all know, don't date. So I'm just making all this stuff up. But wouldn't that maybe be a red flag, that behavior? Somebody just met you and the next day they're like, oh, I woke up and you were on my mind. And eh. So, so that's scary to me. <laughs> that's just scary. But let's save that for another day because All right. that's a whole new topic. But <laughs> I will tell you, like, I, um, so something that happened recently is I was chatting with a guy that I met on a dating app um, with the whole intention of meeting him and dating him. And I said something and his comment back was just two words, funny girl. And I have a date with him on Sunday and it's primarily because of that. And it's not just the words that he said, but it was that he got me and he understood me. And there, so there's a lot of, you got to make sure that you're working with a sponsor though, if you're going to do this stuff, because you got to, you have to have somebody that knows you and knows what your shit is, know where you're acting out. Like you said, these are, you know, middle circle behavior for you. They're not for me. They don't trigger me into fantasy. They don't trigger me to do things that I don't want to do, you know? So it, we have different levels, you know? And this is, that's why we are the perfect per people, the two, the couple to talk about this, the perfect pair, because we have such different takes on them. So something else about something's got to give is Jack Nicholson in 2003. And this was just six years after he was in As Good As It Gets, where he played an absolutely horrible person. But, but 
he met the right woman. Right? Helen Hunt falls for him. <laughs> yeah, Helen Hunt, she falls for him, and he transforms magically into a wonderful partner. Not gonna happen. Um, and here's what he says: She, in as good as it gets, it, again in the trailers. <laughs> um, Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson are out on a date, and she's asked him to say something to her, and his line is. You make me want to be a better man. And here's the truth. Like, it was totally a hook. It was totally a line because earlier in that movie, they in the trailer, they showed him putting a dog down a trash chute. So, he obviously has a lot of room for improvement. But he's not the kind, you know, right? Like, that's not going to be really sincere. Um, anyway, I well, know. And that's the comedy of it. That's the comedy of it. And it's a movie because it goes really fast. But, you know, in real life, I wouldn't date that guy because that's not going to change. Right. You know? So that's what, um, it's, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, no. You got to accept that person the way they are. Plus, you know? so then move forward into something's got to give. Here we are, Jack Nicholson again. So I'm thinking, Elizabeth, you have a thing for Jack Nicholson. And... <laughs> No, not at all. In the movie, he is uh, this older, never been married bachelor that only dates younger women. He said he's been dating younger women for 40 years. And then um, he has an, an, an incident. Heart attack. A heart attack while doing the deed, right, with one of the younger women. And um, then I think in the long run, he ends up, like, dating... Diane Keaton, who is one of the younger women's mother, right? And, you know, I just looked at that and I said, you know, um, he really, with a lot of therapy and recovery, he could probably turn into a good partner for Diane Keaton. <laughs> but again, well, that's, not really what, that's not what movie wa watchers want to see. <laughs> but there, he does go through this. So what one of the things, and this is why I put that on the list, not just because of the the Keanu Reeves character, who is really the one that I really like, but um, is um, he spends. So what happens is is he realizes that he um, is in a bad space, and so what he does is he goes through he he goes through all of his relationships, and he goes back to as many women that he has dated. He has uh, phone books, little tiny phone books and, his black books and he goes back to as many as he can find and ask them what it was like to date him so he almost does like a, a fourth step four yeah. five six seven and eight and nine and he spends a year doing it or six months you know and and he's and he said and he shares that and he says you know I, what i did is i went back and i looked at all the women that had dated me and i asked them what it was like to date me and i realized you know my part in it and um he goes back to the daughter the one that he had the heart that he had the heart attack when they were about to have sex and um he said i just wanted to apologize if i ever did anything that was inappropriate or that hurt you and she said she told him she said what are you talking about like you know and so that's how it that's like towards the end that's but so that is like basically program you know it's a very condensed and but he does do that part of it in the actual movie 
that's not in the trailer. So thank you for informing me yeah. of that. So he does sound like he he redeems himself. My question, he I'm, I'm curious he if he has to do that, though, because he really wants to be with Diane Keaton. Yeah. And so she's like, she sort of leads him onto that path. No. No? Is that a boundary with her? No, she just says, forget. He, he goes, why can't we just carry on this thing? And she goes, I don't know. We're, women are just goofy like that. And she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. She doesn't want to just have sex with him. And so she turns him down. Yeah, she has a boundary. And then he goes away. He actually has two more heart attacks. They're, but they're not really heart attacks, but episodes. And yeah. And then he goes and he does that thing where he goes through his life. And he's, you know, how did I get here? It was a very good question. It's like, why am I here? Why am I right here in this part of my life? And then he goes back and he looks at all the women he's been with and as many as he can. He's And he shows, it shows this whole scene where they're like, he's knocking on their door and they're slamming the door in his face one after the other. And then finally someone opens up to him and then someone else and then someone else. And so he gets a, a good dose of what he was really like to date. Okay. I might watch that one. Oh, good. I might watch that one. It's on uh, It's on Netflix right now. So what about, did you watch Rumor Has It? No. <laughs> tell me what you, All right. tell me what's up with that one. All right. I will tell you really quick. It's um, Jennifer Aniston, Kevin Costner, and Mark Ruffalo, and Shirley uh, MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine is the grandma. So um, Jennifer Aniston runs into Kevin Costner at something. She thinks he's his, she thinks he had an affair with her mother before her mother married her father. So, and she thinks he, he may be her dad because they slept together the night that her mom and dad got married and she was born nine months later. So she thinks that it could be Kevin Costner is her dad or her dad is her dad. She doesn't know. And so she goes to him and she gets all drunk and she ends up um, having sex with him. Well, actually, what happens is, is um, the grandmother comes out and tells her all this stuff that happened that she had an affair with Kevin Costner when her mom was also having an affair. So, it, and it was the model, the story for The Graduate. And somebody wrote, I forget who it was that wrote the story, The Graduate. So it is that story in like modern times. Very cute. But she wakes up and she realizes she had sex with him. She has drunken sex with him, with Kevin Costner. And then Mark Ruffalo, her boyfriend, her fiance, finds out about it and, you know, tells her, I don't know who you are. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You are screwed up. And so she, you know, loses her boyfriend and does thinks that she may have had sex with her dad. <laughs> Okay, yes. and so here's the thing, tying it back to program. Sometimes, I won't say I've heard in a story exactly like that or that mine's exactly like that, but when a woman comes into program and she's new and she may be, she may have gotten there because she was involved in some kind of situation like this. And it can get very chaotic very quick. Yes, things get crazy. Um, so for me, I was telling Elizabeth about a movie with Kate Winslet called Little Children. 
And Kate Winslet, you know, she's a big star. Most people have not heard of her in this movie. And there's probably a good reason why. Because um, the premise of it is she's a stay-at-home mom. And she meets a stay-at-home dad. And you can imagine, like, what happens. So, any movies, um, it's a dark romance, I guess. Um, but any movies, like, for me, that portray people having um, affairs, I have to stay away from. Because, you know, I acted out in that way. And so, I know how horrible it is. Um, there's really, like, a lot of pain. There's a lot of repair that has to be done afterwards. And I see it treated in the movies as sometimes just sort of like, oh, everybody does it. And right. Yeah. there's really, right. Or like, you know, the, the people just kiss and make up. And that is not right. what happens, especially when it's the woman who's doing the cheating. Um, well, it's just there's years of, of wreckage that you've created, yes. you know, that you need to clean up. So, um, what about Crazy Stupid Love? Have you ever seen that one? No. It is Ryan Gosling, um, Emma Stone, Steve, um, Steve Carell, and I can't remember the, the his wife's name. She's really pretty, redhead. Um, but that's exactly what happens is is the um, the wife has an affair, and and the wife is married to Steve Carell, and he. Um, gets kicked out of his house and he runs into Ryan Gosling's character in the bar and Ryan Gosling basically just beats him up and says you like you're all puffy and you're wearing dockers and he takes him to the mall and he redresses them and he gets him he kind of mans him up a little bit like um he he glams him a little bit and um gets him to toughens him up you know gets him to treat women differently you know rather than like he goes, he, they're in the bar and Steve Carell is drinking his, um, whatever drink he's drinking out of a straw. And he's like, get rid of that. What are you doing? You don't, only pussies suck on straws, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It's adorable. But there is that cheating going on there. So one minute. What about, um, what about the proposal? Have you ever seen that one? Did you watch? No, Sleep honestly, if it. Well, okay, so pre like nineteen nineties movies, yes, I've probably seen those. Uh, so what, like Sleepless in Seattle, and you've got mail. Did you see those two? I did. I did. I don't remember much. I think one of them has like a, a bookstore owner. Remember when Barnes and Noble was becoming That's really big? You've got mail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in the AOL. Like, remember when yeah. people? So when people got mail. Yeah. started being able but to email each other. And she's having an affair. She owns the bookstore. It's um, Meg Ryan. And she um, is on an online dating app or a chat room or something, something online, some mm -hmm. virtual, and that's someone and is having this affair while she's got her guy. Like, he doesn't live there, but he's sleeping in the bed with her, you know? And so, you know, they come out, they both figure out together that neither one of them are met for each other. But there is those, this, um, I don't know. It's just, you, you know, if you're going to do that, I really think like if I was going to be Meg's sponsor, if you're going to do that, you need to finish the relationship. You need to voice that to the guy that you're with. Be clear, you know, tell him, 
Like, I'm not happy. I'm going to date someone else. Yes, so that is definitely all of these uh, various characters. One of the the biggest issues I have with these movies, and again, I realize they're movies, but for example, Hope Floats, um, Sandra Bullock finds out her best friend is having an affair with her husband, so she goes back home to Mama, somewhere in the South, and she was the homecoming queen, and who does she run into except for that guy that always loved her but she never loved? Same, isn't Sweet Home Alabama sort of along those same lines and the notebook? Very, very similar. So very, very similar. that's a, a common theme. Especially since they leave the big city and go to the country. Yes, know? so they, they left home, they went away, they had a fabulous life, etc., etc. Then they got cheated on, then they go home. <laughs> And then yeah. there's their true love. That's that's it. And But what I don't like about that is that they go straight from one man to another. And usually it's that old good old boy at home that helps them realize that that guy back in the city wasn't the right one for them all along. So he's, but I am. Right. So he's essentially like this savior and I'm going to rescue you from your loneliness, etc. So I don't. That's yeah, and, and I think like with both of those, um, they it again, it there's a whole lot of you can see they give you little tiny glimpses of the unhappiness of the um red flag, you know, just a flash of it, and then they find out, and then they make the girl the victim, and she's like been cheated on, and but there's so much more behind that. And I was gonna say, like in Bridget Jones' diary. Um, she is one of those ones that, so Bridget Jones is actually single and looking for some guy to complete her. That There's another one, the Jerry Maguire. Yes, that's on my list. You complete me. And you I remember, no, I no. remember at that, oh, it being in the movie theater you. and just calling BS on that. And I didn't have any yes. programs at all. I thought. That is just like, no, no man completes you. You need to make sure that you are doing your own work. And that's what I would tell if I was Bridget Jones' sponsor. I would be like, girl, first of all, you need to quit drinking because yes. you cannot date and drink. You are making fucked up decisions because you're fucked up. And don't and shit where you work. Home, Stop dating your boss or whatever they call do not it. Do do that. Do not do that. That If you are thinking about dating someone you work with watch that movie because it may change your mind i have there are women that come in there are women that come in and they are working with their qualifiers dating their boss i am one yes i am one that's not unusual i have a i have a a, i'm not her sponsor but um a woman that i'm supporting right now and she lives next door to her qualifier she's like looking out the window at it you know no no that is a big no 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 so um but what I was going to say about Bridget Jones is that I would, I would, I would suggest that she take a year off from dating and work on herself and get herself to a place where she really likes herself and then go date. And she's a little overweight too, right? Renee Zellweger had to gain weight for that movie. Yeah, gain weight for that movie, yeah. right? And so she's got this body image issues going on. Uh, she just well, needs. Yeah, she's just trying to get a a guy to fix her, you know, to complete her. And it, no, that's not. 
Now, I really did. I remember, though, like, at that time in my life, in my, I guess, early to mid-20s, like, really identifying with her and watching that movie over and over again. I read the book. I watched the movie. In fact, I was pretty obsessed with it now that I think about it. <laughs> that could have... Look at the movie. Okay, so here's some homework. Look at the movies that you absolutely love and think, you know, what is it? Why is it? And what does that... What is that mirroring back? So mirror neurons, that's something that I thought about. A lot of times, um, well, you know, the people that we're around and the things that we consume, whether it's the social media, the movies, um, there is some kind of like neuroscience that says we can be, uh, we desire to imitate the things that we see, um, which is why I have to be careful. Um, especially when, well, I, when I see people enjoying each other without consequences. Right. I have to be careful. Well, yeah. See, I don't, I don't go there with that, but I do like, I do believe in the mirror um, aspect. And if you are attracting that kind of guy over and over again, that is something that you need to look at because you do have a part in that. And, you know, it's like last night I was working with a sponsee and she said something like, well, we all just kind of walk on eggshells around this one boss. And as she was talking and sharing more and more, I said, does anybody walk on eggshells around you? And she says, yeah, probably. I'm pretty scary. And it's like, so you can look right there and go like, and it's not an aspect of herself that she was proud of or wanted to lead with, you know? So, and I find that as well, that's a very, that's a very good place for me to go when I'm bothered by somebody to go oh yeah dirty dancing <laughs> oh you saw it yeah <laughs> yes dirty, dirty dancing. dancing yes that was you were huge. like 13 i was uh yes i was in eighth grade huge wow yes and actually listeners i live in the neighborhood that patrick swayze grew up in so he's kind of that's interesting because um, so here. that movie hope hope floats and the other one that you mentioned, I can't remember what it was. They were both, oh, Sweet Home Alabama. No, not that one. But Hope Floats and another movie um, was actually shot in Smith. I think it's Smithfield, which is on your way from here to um, Austin. It's in the Hill Country. Hmm. Yeah. And you can, I went uh, with my girlfriend. I said, I want to find that house. And we found it. I go, maybe it's down this street. She drove down. I was like, there it is. <laughs> it's the house that her mom owned. It's so cute. It's adorable. Um, but let's talk about Dirty Dancing for a minute. So what was the appeal for you there? The the bad guy? Well, I actually, that's one I didn't watch. So I like the music. But at that time in my life, so my father had just passed away the year before. But I was also very rebellious. So anything that was super popular I didn't like it. I didn't want anything to do with it. I wasn't so far like to say I was goth or anything like that, but I was very like anti-mainstream. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen Dirty Dancing, you guys, it's um, the young um, sort of uh, the the collegiate girl um, goes to the, um, I don't know what that, the Adirondacks or whatever on vacation and falls in love with the dance instructor, Patrick Swayze at 
you know, and the girl is sort of like a plain Jane, you know, she's not, and um, she learns how to dance from him. And he teaches her how to dance and yeah, they fall. <laughs> I think her parents probably don't approve. Her parents don't approve. I mean, the dad is like, and she, they have no idea that she's seeing him, you know, that she's, and she actually sleeps with him. She has sex with him, spends the night with him. And yeah, God forbid. So, um, so our, you know, we don't have to rehash every one of these. We movies, could go but, on and on and on for sure. I, know, I could talk I about know. We could do a whole, We could just do a podcast about the slot out movies. So I do want to, I do want to mention this one that I came across. I feel pretty not up to speed on movies about recovery, but there is one called Thanks for Sharing. And it follows um, uh, some two guys and a woman who's played by Pink. Um, they're in SAA. And then they learn what it's like to get sober and then actually date. And the guy, the main character, he dates Gwyneth Paltrow's character. And he has different thing things about him that are different, such as he does not have a smartphone. He still has a flip phone. And then... Um, he has the TVs taken out of his hotel room so he can't watch pornographic movies. And then she starts to think that he's maybe Amish or <laughs> something like that because he doesn't, uh, you know, he just has these restrictions around technology. But it looks like eventually um, he, she finds his sobriety chip. He tells her that he's in recovery for sex addiction and... I think they make a go at it. So I might actually watch that one. I think I'll watch that one. It looks hopeful. I think, you know, two of my favorite holiday movies that I would recommend is um, Love, actually, and um, The Family Stone. And both of those have quite a bit of um, slaw stuff acting out um, people switching partners and stuff, <laughs> but there it's done in the holidays and, um, you know, there's a sweet story there and, um, we you know, love I to think watch, we love to watch, but if we you all know that they triggered you, I would be like, well, you need to talk to your sponsor about it first, which is always my recommendation. I think it's really important that we, um, you know, if this is a trigger for you, that just because you heard it on Sober Sisters talk doesn't mean it's okay for you to go for it. Um, you know, we're we're pro we're providing some entertainment here, and um, you know, some of the the feelings that we have about these movies, and and also that we understand completely that this is a movie and that it is fantasy. And that it is created. It is not real life. You know, I understand that completely. That does not diminish the appeal to me at all. I love that little escape. I admit it. It works for me. And, um, you know, I delve into it when I can. The best part is in, in sobriety, we have choice of what we want to watch and what we don't want to watch. And there's nothing right or wrong, good or bad about the movies that we choose to watch or not watch. It's not about judgment. It is about um, discernment. Like what is healthy at various stages of recovery. And the author that wrote 
The Road Less Traveled, M. Scott Peck. He has a quote that I try to live by because, again, being a fantasy addict, and I'm going to not get it perfectly right, but it's along the lines of uh, mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs. So that's what I have to remember. That's a really good book, too. We can do books sometimes. Oh, let's have a start a book club. Books that make me feel good. <laughs> There are, because I think that, like, you know, reading, um, I read uh, The Road Less Traveled in Recovery, and I've read some other um, very prominent authors in recovery, because it made me feel better, and it gave me hope. Agree. All right, listeners, so um, we have some stuff coming up. Um, there is a retreat in, um, New England in December. I think it's the early part of December that we will share with you next week. I don't have the information yet. And then, um, we have a meeting after this and we have a speaker, um, November, whatever the second Friday of November is, is it 13th? The 12th, not Friday the the 13th. And um, Cherie O from Houston is going to be telling her story in November. Yeah, I found that one. Um, So stay tuned. Um, Come to the meeting. If you don't know where the meeting is, you can go to Houston Slaw Meetings. And you can find a list of the meetings. And Silver Sisters Talk is there. You can find the information on our Facebook page. Or you can email us at silversisterstalk at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.